0: This is the Mile High Five podcast with Carl Jensen and Doug Huntington. We have authentic conversations about the journey to Phi, health, happiness, and some very odd tangents. We interview Phi experts, side hustlers, people on their way to Phi, and those who have reached the other side. Join us every week. And if you want the show notes and links and all that other stuff, head over to MileHighFive.com.
1: Hello, world. Welcome to the Mile High Five Podcast. I'm Carl Jensen with my co-host.
0: I'm Doug Cunnington.
1: Doug, we are going to talk about my five-year retirement anniversary today, and we're actually, this is actually a little bit behind. Uh, What month are we in now? We're in July. Holy cow, this year's just flying by. We're already halfway done, and my anniversary was back in April, so we're about two and a half months back.
0: Congratulations.
1: Yeah, thanks for that.
0: And... Yeah, we are. And the thing is, we'll publish this a little bit in the future. But at at the time when you are listening to this, you'll probably be able to get some of our T-shirts, which the store is open now. So we'll put a link because a lot of people have been asking and emailing about that. So I want to get the plug in early. And that is Georgie upstairs. Um, She's very unprofessional. That's the dog. Uh, Everyone can hear Georgie barking. So. Five years how does it just overall how does it feel can you believe it's been that long like that's a pretty big chunk of time
1: yeah it is a big chunk of time and the scary thing i think about occasionally is man before long i'm gonna be at the age where i would have retired anyway so and then where where do you go from there but that's (laughs) that's not for a very long time i hope uh but yeah it's uh my life now is much different than i thought it would be when i stopped working So, and I put together eight points
0: here, Doug, that we can talk about. Fantastic. All right. Yeah, you listed it out pretty good. So I'll let you uh, run with it here.
1: Yeah. The first one I put down is that it's hard to stop wanting to make money. A mutual friend of ours who was on the podcast recently, we'll link to that in the show notes. Jen posed a great question. And that question was, what would you do? if you couldn't make money, and I think she framed it around a one-year time period or something like that, but what if you extrapolate that? What if you couldn't make money for the next five years or the rest of your life? I'm curious, Doug, what's your answer to that? Would you still be doing? You've got some side hustles with a niche side project and Mm -hmm. and other things. Would you still do that if you knew you couldn't make money from it?
0: Probably not. I would potentially... I would potentially work on it occasionally if I just got like sort of the creative itch where I was like, oh, I want to shoot a vlog and sort of be out of the normal uh, element where I'm doing things where I'm like, okay, I'm going to be sharing this with people. So that's kind of interesting to like share things and tell a story. But a lot of the stuff that I do that where I earn money, I probably wouldn't do it. However, this podcast is one thing where we're not earning money, and I realized this not too long ago. It's really fun. We're uh, hanging out with other people. People enjoy the show. So this is something that I would probably continue doing because we're, we're already doing it for free.
1: <laughs> I, it's worse than that. We actually pay to do it. I bought the URL. We we pay editors. You pay editors. Yeah. So it is interesting. I. I think about this a lot, especially with these financial gurus who are worth tons of money. Like the rich dad, poor dad guy, he's got to be worth tens of millions. And what is it? I think he charges like 50000 for the course. And I was thinking of this other guru guy who actually went to prison. I think his name was Wade Cook. And uh, it's it's just uh, – I uh, I don't want to get sued here, but – The guy is, he does all these courses and writes books and he he says he does it just because he loves the the thrill of teaching and wants to make others wealthy. Well, if you were so good at all of this investing and you came up with these processes, why don't you just apply them to your own money instead of going around teaching? So I'm deeply skeptical of stuff like that, but we've kind of got to an off task. I, I think of this question with myself, like we just bought a house and I'll put that in the show notes And one question I asked myself was, would Mindy and I have bought this house that we're going to fix up, which is going to take considerable expense and time, uh, which we could be doing other things, but we're going to devote at least a month to it in the fall, uh, planning. We're already working on this thing a, a little bit now and then. And would we have done that if we couldn't make money from it? And my answer was, no, we probably would not have bought it. It wasn't a super hard, though, because I, I enjoy the work. I think it'll be fun designing this thing, and I, I enjoy construction and moderation. But yeah, we probably wouldn't have done it if there wasn't the carrot of money at the end. But it's, I think it's hard to let that go. I wonder, have you ever thought, Doug, is there a number, like if you were worth $10 million or $100 million, that you would give some of this stuff up? There, there must be, right? Because at that point, pretty much everything becomes free.
0: Right. Yeah. You know, we have Elizabeth and I have thought about this before and yeah, probably like in the 10 million range, something like that, where it's like, ah, you know what? It it doesn't matter. Yeah. Like we can get and go on that trip or like any of the even very expensive things where it's like, ah, fuck it. Like we'll get the new car and like not to negotiate, like just to get through the headache. So yeah, probably somewhere in the you know ten to fifteen million dollar range, something like that. But yeah, not not too seriously. It, it's a very interesting question. What about you guys?
1: Uh, yeah, it is an interesting question, and I'll back up a second. I think there are things we do to make money that I would never give up, even though they would call them work. The one that comes to my mind immediately is the co working space. It makes a little bit of money. It's not that much work, but we get so much out of it. We've got this event space that we can host people. We meet tons of great people. That's how I met you, Doug. We would not Mm -hmm. know each other if it wasn't for that. (coughs) Excuse me. So uh, things like that I would continue to do, but I guess then the filter becomes much more more fine. We would not have bought that house if we had a $10 million net worth now because why bother? It's another thing that's going to give you – headaches no matter how much you plan and it's going to be a rental we could get some bad person in there and they could make our life hell for a little bit so yeah uh, but I think it's an error in thinking as well because I think we do have enough we don't have 10 million but I don't think we need to earn any more money we would probably be fine
0: but right it's, it's tempting yeah it's tough and it's like basically the question is you know how much is enough and like how do you evaluate that I mean, most of the stuff we're talking about is really probably how we feel or think about like the, the risk level that we have or something like that. Cause we're like, we're unsure if we have enough, but we probably do.
1: <laughs> yeah, I think we do. And I, I guess it depends what you want to, like, I don't know what that rich dad, poor dad, what's his name? Robert Kiyosaki. Yeah, I think pitcher, so. But yeah, well, what does that guy want? What's he going to do with his uh, massive accumulation of wealth? And there's other people like Warren Buffett, who I know just loves his job. He doesn't even spend any of his money. He just genuinely likes what he does and mm-hmm. gives a meaning. So there's a, there's a fine line there, I
0: think. Yeah. One, there's, there's other people that I hear people talk about legacy and they want to have like, what do they say? Um, generational wealth. Well, me with no kids um that doesn't even register and i feel like this will come off judgy but i'm a little tired and hung over um the legacy piece seems so self-centered like it's all about the person's huge ego and i mean we're doing a show where we talk about ourselves, ourselves most of the time so like we un- we understand but with the uh the legacy and you're like i want to leave a legacy It's It's a little crazy. Do you think about that? Yeah,
1: I thought that same thing. It's so stupid because once you're dead, that's it. The lights are off and and that's it for you. It doesn't matter. I I guess the one exception for that would be what you hinted at. If you do have children, maybe we could set up the money in such a way that they're taken care of and maybe all generations after us are taken care of. We'd have to, I don't know how you structure something like that, but I think you could. And and I think there's some value to that. It would give you comfort and happiness and maybe you're kids' happiness when, when they're alive, although they might be hoping for your death then. Hey, Dad, I got you some skydiving <laughs> lessons for uh, <laughs> for uh, Father's Day. Let me pack the parachute for you. Yeah. Uh, just kidding. But yeah, I, d- that legacy thing I think is stupid. I, yeah. I, I don't want to have a dorm or library named after me.
0: Yeah. Uh, well, and we'll get off this topic, but with the generational wealth, that's great. People want to take care of their kids and, all, and their uh, you know, generations to come, right? But think how much like how much you got out of figuring it out on your own earning money and then retiring if someone just gave it to you i'm pretty sure you wouldn't have appreciated it and you probably would have made like potentially dumber decisions
1: yeah i think you're exactly right
0: the struggle is like i mean that's that's the whole point i think absolutely okay what's next
1: number two and this builds on a little bit of what we were saying. I think retire is a horrible word. If if you Google the word retire, it means to cease doing something. Uh, so when people hear the word retire, they think you can't work or you shouldn't work anymore. Pictures of senior citizens on the beach in Florida or some shit like that. And I, I think that's just so toxic. Work, whatever it means to you, uh, brings a lot of happiness. And I'm not talking about the kind of work where you go to a job and do some service for appoint a boss or a corporation and they get a paycheck every two weeks. It could be uh, exercise. I think working out, going to the gym is a form of work. I think uh, volunteering is a great form of work. Uh, your projects that you do in your garage, this work may or may not make money, but it gives you some personal satisfaction, a sense of achievement perhaps.
0: Yeah, I, I agree 100% and occasionally people, especially at some of the FI events, um, you know, they may say, you know, tell me about your retirement a a little bit. And I'm like, "Ah, I'm not really retired. Like I do some stuff and I never stopped working, but the way I've shaped the work that I do, it's pretty fun. I think that's your point. It's like, if you can figure out what's fun, you know, you do that kind of work and it could be described in a different way. Like not a, not a job. Maybe, maybe this is an example I've given not too long ago but it's like ah you want to hike a bunch of 14ers over the next few years like you could treat that like a job like that's a struggle you're gonna to have to figure out some problems and there's logistics to make it happen and you have to manage your energy and a lot of other things that kind of feel like work but and you know you know you don't get paid you just you're just walking outside
1: yeah it, it almost seems like we need a new word to define this state because it's not like old and decrepit and doing nothing but it's not like tied to some formal uh contract with an employer so i don't know what it is but i'm pretty happy with whatever mine is whatever you want to call
0: it yeah do you have any ideas for it
1: i don't know it, my initial one was fired but then that re stands for retire early i know people in the financial independence community have come up with Words and I can't remember, like funploid. I don't like that one. I, I'm not even sure if that's it. But I know there's other ones. If anyone has heard of them, leave them in the YouTube comments and uh, maybe you could teach us something. But do you have any ideas, Doug? Or?
0: No. I feel like we may need to just make up a whole new word and then maybe something that sounds a little bit risque, a little dirty. But so people are like, oh, what? what is that? Do you have to do that? And uh, can you do it in Utah, you know, that kind of thing? <laughs> or does it have to be a more progressive state?
1: How about Doug? Like people could say, what do you do? And you could be like, well, I'm Doug. They'll be like, what? Yeah, I'm going to, in a couple of years, I'm planning to do Doug. <laughs> Everyone wants to do Doug. I small t-shirt opportunity. That,
0: that could be a special edition uh, t-shirt just for the, the big patrons out there. Okay, yeah. I think retire, like the, the word retire, definitely different connotations to different people. And that's why folks look at you funny when you're like, yeah, retired and you're as young as you are, you know?
1: Yeah. There's one final thing I want to say about this. Just because you are fired doesn't mean this work can't earn you money. um, And I think I'm I'm a good example of this. I started the blog and I never thought we would make money from it, but then we did. But I would do it for free. I just love the process of writing and putting my thoughts out there. It's therapeutic. And hopefully I help some other people, but yeah, I would totally do it for nothing and but it makes money, and some people have an issue with that. But hey, whatever.
0: Yeah, it's okay. Yeah, people split hairs, and they I think they focus on the wrong part, and they're like, "Well, you're still earning money," or "Mindy works." But th- the fact is, like, you wouldn't have to. It's the financial independence, and now you have options. Yep. So, all right. What's yeah. next?
1: Yeah, let's move on to number three. Uh, this is an interesting one, and. It- Uh, It's about community. So what I wrote down here is community is really important. Um, Fire is better with friends. Uh, This week was kind of an odd week in that I had two friends in town that I've known since 1998, so long before I I knew anything about fire. And I introduced them to some of our mutual friends who I've met through the fire community. And uh, I'm like, hey, Eric, these are my friends, Sean and David. These, I I actually, this proves that I do have friends outside of the fire community. And I started thinking about that, and uh, for example, yesterday at the 4th of July party, I think, yeah, everyone there is people we know from our community, and FIRE has been the conduit from it. They're people we've met through the co-working space. Uh, We met Jake, who was on the podcast a little while ago. I met him in a meetup in Denver. Yeah, everyone there was someone I met uh, because of the FIRE community, and I think that's great, and I'm very thankful that we live here. Because there are people who can go for a hike at at, uh, noon on a Thursday. I I think it would be harder if we didn't live here in Longmont to do some of this stuff, right? Like if all your friends are at work and you quit your job, what the hell are you going to do? You're going to sit around and I have no idea what you'd be doing actually. But a lot of the things I do during the day are with other humans. Mm -hmm.
0: You do whatever the fuck you want. That's what you do. But but yes, the community is big. And for me personally, I've mentioned it a couple of times. I'm a... Bit of an oddball uh, introvert, but also can operate pretty well in a group. I, I don't know, maybe it's the ambivert. Have you heard of those? I have not. You go both ways, you know. But the community aspect is something I fell into here. And like parties that, like the one you're talking about, like it's fantastic. I didn't realize like how great that is. And especially, I mean, the people the people get me more because I've been in other communities and you know there's always people you don't like i guess or at least for me you just don't get along with everyone not everyone gets along with everyone so i I feel like there's a much higher percentage of like people that i can just jump in start talking to like we're kind of on the same page in a whole lot of different ways that i wouldn't expect so yeah i just got lucky moving here to longmont dumb luck
1: yeah and for those who do not live in Longmont, I think there's still lots of things you can do. They've got the Choose Fi Facebook groups, uh, the Mr. Money Mustache forums. I think there's still a thing. I haven't been on them in a long time. Did you ever go on those?
0: No, I never, never did. I, I think maybe I trolled a couple, uh, not trolled, but uh, reviewed a couple threads in there, but I never like had an account or anything. Okay.
1: Yeah, I think I met Eric and Jerome, who were both at the party yesterday through the community section of that. So, yeah. oh, cool. Yeah, there you have it. Okay, let's talk about number four. And on number four, I wrote planning is bad. <laughs> Doug is laughing at me, which is uh, appropriate and called for. But so, Pete, Mister Money Mustache himself, used to drive me kind of insane because we're very much the opposite in this, or maybe we used to be the opposite. I'm a hopeless planner. Well, I'll get back to that in a second. But I'm the type of person who's got a Google calendar. I look at that 10 times a day. I've got everything planned out. And Pete is the exact opposite. He doesn't plan anything out. So if you say, hey, Pete, can you come help me next Friday? He'll be like, well, can you ask me like Thursday night or Friday morning? And I'll I'll, I'll see what's going on. And he's not a jerk. Help was probably the wrong word. Like, uh, Pete, do you want to go on a hike next Friday? Like, well, let me know on, on uh, Thursday night and it it used to drive me a little bit nuts because you could never plan anything with this person but now i see why he does it and we've had this conversation about travel when you go on travel and everything is planned out it makes for a negative experience you feel worn out you've got all these constrictions it takes you out of the moment right because you're like okay we've got two more hours here and then i have to be here to catch the bus or whatever and Um, I think there's a saying that goes with this, like for everything you say yes or everything you say no to. I'm totally screwing up the saying. Do you have any idea what I'm talking about?
0: Um, Everything you say yes to means you're saying no to something else.
1: Yeah, and that's totally true. Uh, I, I think life is a lot better when it's spontaneous. You're just going for a walk and you have a random conversation with someone and then you make a plan to do something. And next thing you know, you're starting a business. Uh, that's an extreme example, but <laughs>
0: yeah, damn, <laughs> you, like tripped on the sidewalk and then started a business with somebody. Um, no, that totally makes sense. And certainly there's a, there's a great balance, you know, for example, if you're thinking, well, well I got a couple uh, concerts that I'm going to be going to before too long. I know you do as well. So you're like, all right, you got this anchor point or two, but around that, like maybe you don't know what you're doing earlier in the day. So if you did bump into someone, maybe they're going to the same show. And then you're like, oh, let's uh, meet up for uh, drinks beforehand or something. And that's pretty fun.
1: Yeah. yeah, It is annoying. The, the concert one, that brings up another one. We had booked tickets to this concert and someone else was like, hey, you want to come hang out with me in California? I'm like, oh, nope, I guess we've got this. I promised the kids. So now I cannot do that. And you can tell yourself, well, maybe it would have sold out. But, you know, you can always get a ticket. You might have to pay a little bit more. But. Yeah, it's best to keep life as open as you can.
0: Yeah. Very good.
1: Okay, number five. Fire is a great opportunity to redefine yourself. And One thought I've had about this, something I've been thinking a lot about lately is a lot of times we go into jobs that aren't – what's a good way to put this? They might not be – we haven't quite figured out out ourselves yet when we're 18 but we have to if we're going to school we have to declare a major we're going to become an accountant then you might have two or three years into that and you've got the sunk cost so even if you realize you dislike that at that period in life you're probably not going to do much about it you're probably just going to go with whatever that is due to the sunk cost or the time or money or whatever you've put into it so i wonder if you did a survey of a hundred people, how many of those hundred people after 10 years of work are really happy with what they do? I guess the question would be if you could change careers now without having to go back to school, like if you could just instantly flip a switch and become a a space engineer or whatever, would you do it? And I think most people would, cause you don't really have yourself figured out when you're young. Right. But fire is a great opportunity to do whatever the hell you want. Uh, I think I'm another example of this. I never thought I'd have a podcast. Uh, And now here we are. We're doing this podcast. I never thought I'd speak in public. And I've had some pretty cool public speaking opportunities. Uh, These are both things that never would have happened if I would have had a job.
0: Yeah. And I think, I don't know if you were looking for a word, but people probably haven't figured out their calling. Is that what you're, we were thinking like when you're 18, you're not, you're not like, I definitely want to do this. You just kind of, well, I know i fell into my major, uh, the job that I had. And then, like you're saying, like five, six, seven years later, it's like, what the fuck am I doing? Like, this is really boring and I don't want to do it anymore. But you stick around because you got golden handcuffs or you just don't know what else to do because of having to start over. If you're like, oh, I'm gonna now I'm going to be a, whatever, a pharmacist. You're like, oh, I got to go back to undergrad for a little while because none of the credits transfer over. So.
1: Yeah, try telling your wife and kids you're going to drop out of work and one day and go back to school for the next four years. Most people cannot do that. They could not do that financially.
0: Right. Is there, um, is there anything that you were – well, you, you described a couple things that you did that you wouldn't, wouldn't have thought of. When you retired, was there something where you were like, I'm going to redefine myself or I really want to do this thing or did you just go with the flow?
1: Yeah, I guess I wanted to work on my weak points. Uh, uh, things like lack of confidence, uh, which I think held me back for a lot of my life, and public speaking was one way to do it. I didn't have anything specific in mind. I just wanted to go after the things that really scared me, like public speaking was super terrified. me. Even being, the weird thing was, I, we started the blog, I started the blog, and someone just wanted to interview me on the phone like about it, and I was like terrified of that. And now I think back, like, the hell was so scary about that you were just talking to someone on the phone and it wasn't even a big person no one was probably ever going to listen to it yeah so for me it was trying to figure out my weaknesses uh maybe some of my physical health issues too and attacking those but not necessary not necessarily one core thing
0: um big tangent here just curious um if you were doing a job interview and i asked you hey what what's some of your weaknesses how would you answer?
1: I would say I'm probably, uh, yeah, that's a good one. People always give this the stupid answers like, <laughs> well, I, I care too much. I'm too dedicated. And that, that's a bullshit answer. Uh, I would say I probably have too much anxiety. I can't let little things go. Usually most things in life turn out okay. Yeah. But um, yeah, I'm trying to think of a good example or a way to frame this, but uh, I tend to be a more pessimistic, worrying person by nature, and I'm slowly changing, I've got much better. But yeah, I, I can't think of a good example that might be a, a shitty answer.
0: It's okay. It's all right. <laughs> how, how about you, how would you answer that question? Um, my greatest weakness are my calves, I think. <laughs> You know, I used to really enjoy running, but my calves are a little weak. So, yeah. yeah. But other than that, pretty solid worker. <laughs> I hate you. That's a good, That was a whole setup, just so I could say that. I didn't even care what your answer God, was.
1: I, God, I fell right into it, too. No, <laughs> <laughs> no.
0: Nah, nah, I think um, I, if I was really doing a job interview, I probably, <laughs> I think my work ethic this point, it's probably lower than what an employer would need or want to have on staff. So, yeah, I probably wouldn't get hired. <laughs> <laughs> no, but it wor- I mean, I, I deliver stuff though. I ship stuff all the time. Like we we n- haven't missed the show. I have a couple other things. Like I always deliver. But um, yeah, I'm not a perfectionist. I'll put it that way. Yeah. So. Huh. Okay. And the calves. Yeah. All right. What's next?
1: <laughs> uh, number six. Uh. I wrote down, money is a tool and nothing more. I read a great quote by Morgan Housel. You know who that guy is, right?
0: He wrote a money book.
1: Yeah, he wrote a money book, The Psychology of Money, I think is what it's called. But he had a quote on Twitter. He said, buying stuff to demonstrate wealth is the surest way to lose all of your wealth, which I thought was pretty cool. So you could do a lot of different things with money. But uh, yeah. To Morgan's quote, if if you're buying stuff to try to fit in to satisfy your ego, um, my God, I worked at my first job. Everyone was into cars, so everyone would buy a car, and then they would send the whole department an the, an email with a picture of the car. I'm like, what the fuck is this crap? So that's the wrong way to use money. I think the right way to use money is to buy your freedom to to set yourself free we, we put money on a pedestal in society right we see the magazine articles with the 10 richest people and that stuff drives me nuts it shouldn't be that you've accumulated all this money it should be they should glorify the people who are using it well to do good things or to, to be happiness I, I suspect no one would buy that magazine
0: right. All right Right, right well and i think you know you've noted here money is a tool and i think you know people probably don't connect the dots well for like what actually makes them happy and they think like impressing people they don't care about might make them happy but if they don't care about them then who who really who cares what they think so if you use it as a tool on stuff that makes you happy then that's that's perfect i think like that's how you should use the tool
1: yeah i use the tool to buy actual tools as well Which make me happy.
0: Yeah, very meta. Yeah, it's a tool to get more tools that you could build things. Even you know other kind of tools with those tools that you've purchased. You could like a jig because a a jig is a is a tool that you use to make something else, right? It is.
1: Yeah. So Uh, fine carpentry,
0: full circle,
1: or perhaps a guitar. Okay, (laughs) moving on. Fire is the ultimate insurance policy. This is number seven on my list, and the reason I put this one on there is. When people hear about fire and they see all these, usually there's a magazine article and it's accompanied by some beautiful couple and they're on the beach and they're like camper van in some beautiful place in the world. And all that stuff is great. That stuff is fine. But it's also great when your life goes to shit. A couple of years ago, my father died, but there was a prolonged illness before that. And uh, well, that situation wasn't great. I was happy that I could tend to it. I didn't have to work. I could drive back and forth. This was in the middle of COVID, so I could drive the eight hundred miles to my parents' home and help them out. So fire is great for all the really good shit, the travel, and whatever else you're fancy. How many guitars do you have now? Like three hundred eighty-four?
0: Uh, it's like eighteen or something.
1: Yeah, it's a significant amount. You should. Are you ever gonna like smash one, like the Who or something like that? Like just, just get a crappy one
0: probably not probably not but i'll so, consider it if we got a cheap one i guess
1: yeah so, so anyway and i think people use that as an excuse to not accumulate money or to not get it straight They're like well you know all that the camper van shit looks great but uh, i love my job and all that but no you should do it anyway in case your life goes to shit you might come down on some sickness a spouse might uh, your life might go to hell here you love your job your job might not always love you So save for the really good stuff, but know that it's going to be there in case the bad stuff pops up.
0: Yep. Yeah. And I mean, I had a similar experience with my mom where she was sick and I was able to travel back quite a bit. And to your point of like taking it, I guess it actually leads to the next thing. So I'm not going to, I'm not going to say what I was going to say. I'll hold it for a second, but yeah, it gives you the flexibility in the good times and the bad
1: Okay, number eight, the final one. I think this is the most important one. Regardless of what you want to do with this fire thing or how you feel about any of this, don't wait to live. Find your happiness now. The money is going to put you in a better place, but it's not going to solve your problems. If you've got issues you need to work out, you need to start working on them now. The money is not going to buy happiness directly, although it may set up the circumstances that can provide happiness. But you need to... Focus on that stuff now. You only live once to uh yeah, there's multiple facets to this, but if you think this is gonna make you happy in ten years, then you're just going to be wishing your days away and not living in the present, which is a recipe for unhappiness. It's not gonna make you happy once you get to that point. You need to work on this stuff now. Uh we had Jessica from the Fine Ears on. We'll put a link to that in the show notes. And she's coming out to Longmont soon too. But uh, she preaches this, and I think there's a lot of of value in that. Live your life now. Set up the circumstances now. Even if it takes you longer, if you need to go part-time or find a different job because you just can't stand what you're doing, I think it's worthwhile. Definitely worthwhile. You should do that.
0: Do you have any tips for people to figure out what makes them happy? For example, maybe they're sort of overwhelmed at work, Maybe they got into a career that they're not really into. They're sort of um, perpetually overworked, working overtime, and just kind of overwhelmed. And they're, they're like, I don't, I don't even know what makes me happy anymore. Do you have any tips?
1: Yeah, it's hard. If, if I could, if I was in that situation, I would take time off and I would just spend a lot of time thinking like uh, there's been studies done about what your brain does when you don't have stimuli in front of you. So a great exercise is to just go for a walk without your phone. Don't look at your phone. Maybe listen to instrumental music and see what your brain presents to you because your brain becomes creative at that point and will uh, stuff surfaces then. It's happened to me multiple times. Whenever I'm at a loss for inspiration, I do that. But just taking the time off and perhaps forcing yourself to be bored will allow yourself to figure things out in general that you might not have been able to do if you had the the job and i I think most places especially now would probably go along with, with something like that i need to frame it as a mental health break i need to take the next month off or some shit like that but yeah it can be challenging i think going back to what you said a moment ago with with the cars a lot of people if you're buying stuff to make other people happy you probably haven't quite figured out your happiness yet because that's your external scorecard, which is never going to be a recipe for happiness, not, in, not the internal scorecard, which is what you really have to work on. Mm-hmm. How about you, Doug? What tips do you have?:
0: Gosh, I: I don't know. I don't I mean, like you said, it's very valuable to sit with your own thoughts and kind of figure shit out a little bit but i'm you know we kind of talked about this in other episodes i'm kind of upbeat anyway generally kind of positive i'll maybe like uh, maybe every month or 6 weeks i'll hit kind of a, a down period where i just don't feel as um upbeat or positive or whatever or, or i feel overwhelmed and i'll usually just try and you know keep doing things that i know generally um make me feel better which is like working out, being outside, limiting the stimuli that I have, uh, especially like, you know, my phone, social media, which I don't spend too much time on, but that is a, you know, a big thing uh, that either distracts me or somehow makes me unhappy or antagonistic in some way. Um, But as far as like figuring out what makes you happy, I would, I mean, I think you probably have to go to therapy or something like that. I'm not I don't know, maybe list out things that you do enjoy doing and maybe prioritize and just test things out. If you're like, ah, I maybe want to get into hiking more, try it out. Like maybe you want to get into sailing or some activity hobby thing that you thought maybe you want to do to just test those kind of things out. And I think, you know, going after those sort of either creative or physical pursuits is good. It's challenging it'll probably stimulate your, maybe learn a new language, right? Like a couple things like that, which I'm just saying stuff you can do. But that's usually what I end up doing. It's like, I'm doing stuff and I have a ton of hobbies and I'm like always occupied. If I had free time, I can do one of like 10 things that I enjoy doing. And I'm never like at a loss for like you know, if it's raining outside or if it's storming or cold or hot or whatever, like I can do indoor, outdoor activities. So I have a lot of things that I'm interested in and I'm just curious. And I think that's helpful. Uh, does that make any sense? I'm just saying, <laughs> saying what I do all the time.
1: No, it, it makes a lot of sense. Uh, and you kind of hinted at something that you don't have to, I don't think you have to have one core activity. One mistake I made is I thought I would have to do something for 20 or 30 hours a week. And I didn't know what that would be. And I, kind of gave me anxiety. Like, do I need to learn how to make furniture or do fine woodworking or something else? And I found that not to be the case. This is number nine, unplanned for number nine, but you could do a lot of little things in life and be happy. And I know you do this, dog. you play the guitar, you work out, you've got, but you don't play the guitar for hours on end, right? you do like 20 or 30 minutes a day, you've got a lesson, you work on your side hustles, we work on this. So there doesn't have to be, one thing you could just experiment with a ton of different stuff and see what sticks i think one question you've asked two guests on previous podcasts is what activity makes you forget about time and i think that's a great thing to ask yourself like when you're playing the guitar or when you're writing when you go into that flow state that's probably where your happiness comes from and you should try to find ways to get that state in your life
0: yep and that is exactly what i was looking for when i asked that question not as not as many people like deliver the answer that I expect. It's kind of surprising. Well, what's one of those activities for you where you lose track of time?
1: Uh, it's definitely writing. That's the number one, and maybe uh, working on certain home projects where you're trying to figure out an issue, and it's not just all physical labor like like that gets monotonous. Moving rocks all day, which I do, uh, the, that isn't as fun. But we, when you're trying to solve certain problems, and then all of a sudden you come up with a solution, but that's not The problem with that is it's not easily replicatable. I can't always be working on the house. I'll finish the project and then it'll be done. So I'd say the other caveat to this is you have to find things that are easily repeatable. And for me, that would be writing. Cool.
0: Yeah. And I mean, you nailed it. Playing guitar sometimes is, yeah, like an hour or two will go by. And it felt like just a few minutes. Although you're right, I do a bunch of different activities. And only like small chunks, which is why I'm not a very good guitar player. Um, I'm in okay shape, but not great shape. And some people just go all in in certain areas, but I just kind of dabble in a bunch. So yeah, yeah I just kind of suck at many different things.
1: <laughs> it's okay as long as you enjoy it.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's the thing. Like, there's there's no pressure to be good at the stuff that I'm doing. It's yeah. just like ah, like I usually get something out of it. It's pretty fun. I don't have like a super strict regimen, um, I got a couple friends and I guess it's, uh, it doesn't matter where they're at, but they were, they were working out and training for a specific thing. So they're like constantly like working on that and it's a little bit of stress and they have to watch their diet and basically like it doesn't sound very fun. And it's for like a prolonged amount of time. And I'm like, ah, you know what? I just kind of like the casual approach for most things, so.
1: I think that's another t-shirt, embrace the suck. <laughs> embrace the suck.
0: Yeah, I think that, yeah, we may have to workshop that one a little bit. It sounds a little dirty.
1: Can we tie into the, <laughs> the Doug reference? I, 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 I want to be dugged so I can suck.
0: So, <laughs> so, yeah, this is. Uh, yeah, we, we may have to think about that one a little bit more. Huh? I'm not sure. <laughs> what picture will we have on there? That's, that's the big thing. It'll be your face, I think. I have no, no, that would be bad. I, I have no idea. All right. So there's nine things that you learned um, after you retired for five years. Congratulations again. That's uh, it's pretty amazing.
1: Yeah. Thanks for that, Doug. Life is good. I'm never, ever going to go back to that 40-hour-a-week job, which is uh, – so I think I've made it.
0: You have. All right. Well, we'll catch you all on the next episode. And be sure to check out uh, the T-shirt shop. The proceeds go directly to – What supporting the show, I think.
1: Yeah, directly to us. Well, yeah, we've been paying the bills to uh the editor. Uh yeah, we've we both have some money into this. I had to buy the URL for like seven hundred bucks from some weird person in California. But yeah. And then after that, I don't know what happens. Do you buy more guitars? Uh
0: I don't I don't know. Well the the thing is, um they're very reasonably priced. So I think we make like 80 cents per shirt or something like well we may actually go over the numbers i I don't even know the numbers and stats and stuff but that could be a future show where we like talk about the details like the downloads and the growth of the show and all that kind of stuff but yeah we're not raking it in but we appreciate any support y'all y'all can give because we have an editor anastasia who does a great job and she's in ukraine actually still uh working with us and her and her family are doing all right right now yeah scary yeah Okay. Well, on that note, we'll catch you on the next episode. See ya. Thanks for listening to the show. That was the Mile High Five podcast, and I'm Doug Cunnington, the Balder host, and Carl Jensen is the cool, sexy one. If you dig the show, please do three things for us. Number one, tell a friend, a family member, an enemy about the show. We really don't care who you tell. Maybe forward them a specific show that you know that they will like. It's the single most helpful thing that you can do to spread the word. It's like giving us a virtual high five and uh, actually we don't give high fives in, in person. So the virtual kind's pretty good. And more importantly, your friend or family member or even your enemy will appreciate the fact that you were thinking of them. Number two, make sure you're following or subscribed on your podcast app, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Overcast, YouTube, whatever you're using. And that way you won't miss a show. And number three, please leave us a rating and review. We read them on the show occasionally, and you might hear yours out there on an upcoming episode. Quick disclaimer, this show is not financial or legal advice. I'd actually be surprised if it sounded like it. It's really just for entertainment, and that's at least what we're hoping for. But seriously, get advice from professionals. Carl and I are just two guys with microphones that sit in my basement and talk. So we'll catch y'all next week. On a scale from 1 to 10, how hungover are you today?
1: I would say I am not hungover at all. We had the 4th of July party yesterday. Today is July 5th. And I tried to restrict my alcohol intake. So by the time I went to bed, I was pretty sober. But the issue was I went to bed at midnight. And usually we go to bed like at 9 o'clock. And I'll wake up at pretty much the same time no matter what time I go to bed. So I feel like crap today. But it's from lack of sleep and not from too much booze. Gotcha.
0: Yeah, I, I'm i probably like a five. I hadn't thought about it too far. I didn't limit the alcohol. In fact, I caught a ride from someone. So uh, similar to you, I went to bed later than I normally do. Although not as late because I didn't stay for the fireworks. I got out of there. But I didn't sleep well because I did drink a little bit more. However, I drank a bunch of coffee. So I am feeling better now, but I know... There's like that, that little feeling in the back of your head where you're like, you know, you're tired. You're going to crash later. So later on this afternoon, I'm not sure how it's going to look, but hopefully I'll catch up on sleep. I'll probably go to bed very early and get a lot of rest. Cool. Unless I drink again tonight. You never know how it's going to turn out. <laughs>